What is up, everybody? How you, how you living? Cunningham and Justin Treese coming to you today with an episode of Talking Football. Bottom news in the NFL. We're breaking down our last division. That's the AFC West. But before we even get into that and everything going on between players being traded, being released, signing to new teams, Treese, a lot of the news that, went on, that happened this weekend or when we last talked goes with your Jacksonville Jaguars. Do you want to talk about that now, or do you want to do Tree Sivia? Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter. We can, let's, let's dive into it. We can do Tree Sivia at a different point. So um, let's just do it. <coughs> Excuse me. So I got woken up to on both of the newses. So um, on Sunday, woke up to just – a load of texts and tweets and DMs asking about this. And I was like, well, apparently Jan got traded. So, all right, good to wake up to. I'd had a, let's just say a long night the night before. We don't need to dive into it, but it was a great time. And so woke up and read that. And I was like, okay, let me go drink 19 gallons of water. And then I'll respond to all of these, including your text, by the way. Uh, so, Overall, it's weird. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. I really didn't want a late second. I wanted something more, right? Like, even if it was mid-second. And I think that the Vikings are going to win the division, as we know. I already said this. So that puts it as a late second. So disappointing there. Adding a fifth, it's nice, right? Like, it's always nice. And... I will say Caldwell has had success drafting later, actually more success drafting later in rounds than he has earlier in rounds. So maybe that's a good thing there. Um, but when it's all said and done, were they ever going to get anything more? Probably not. So <clears throat> strike now uh, and just go for it, I guess. Um, get it so you start the season out so you don't have any drama looming in the background and just get going. And I think it probably gives Chase on a little bit more confidence knowing that he is now that guy because he is now basically taking over Jan's role. So overall, I'm happy it's over. Uh, it was actually very strange that, I don't know if you saw, but he Yannick posted a very nice message on Twitter. And, you know, it's probably just like trying to save face there, but like a very nice thing to like the organization. Where I was like, wait, what? Haven't you been the one that's just been shitting on the organization for the last um, six months? For the record, so have I, so I can't really talk any shit here. But um, that's – yeah, I, I don't have a lot of feelings. Like we knew it was all coming, um, and we talked about how the report was it was going to be in days, and that was like almost two weeks ago. And I said, no, that doesn't seem right. I'm happy. I'm happy for him. Like I'm happy that he's on a team that he can – succeed on and honestly it it's a great fit because he has hunter on the other side and i think you and i had talked about this in one episode before that i think yanni is a guy that needs somebody on the opposite side than him and he's always had that because ever since he got drafted he's had clayus campbell on the other side so i don't know and it, it would be fun to watch to see if he could be just the guy where you know you're getting double teamed and see if he could succeed but now he's not going to be so i easily see him as a nine about nine sack type guy season that's it only nine i think that's i mean he's only he he's averaging like eight in his career per season and he's wanting that much money <clears throat> He also is like second in the league in forced fumbles and fumble recoveries as defensive end. There he so, is. So that's the information people want to know. Like, oh, he's only getting eight sacks. He doesn't deserve to be paid that much. Yeah. Well, that's what I, else he's doing on the field. Yeah. I, so I actually just looked it up. So actually, Daniil Hunter is second and Yannick is third in forced fumbles. Really? Yeah. Now, let's get into the other Jaguar who has kind of just pushed his way out of Jacksonville uh, is how I would like to word it. Uh, it's kind of how I discussed it on radio today. Um, but Leonard Fournette has been released by the Jacksonville Jaguars, is on the waiver list, is yet to be claimed uh, as of us recording at 6 o'clock Central Time Monday evening. 
Where, I mean, where do you think is a good fit for Leonard Fournette? What are your thoughts on Jacksonville releasing him? And do you think this offense is going to miss him? Uh, Leonard Fournette directly, not what his production was last year. As he had, I think, 1,100 rushing yards and 73 or 76 catches. Do they miss that? Or is this an opportunity to just kind of see what they can do as they continue to clearly, obviously feels like they're tanking at this point? So with all that that I just spewed at you, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, so let's get into this. So your first question was fits for Fournette. Um, yes, he obviously has not been claimed yet, but again, it doesn't get announced till 24 hours after, and he actually didn't get released. I know it got reported at like 6 a.m., but he actually didn't get technically put on waivers until 2 p.m. So they have till 2 p.m. tomorrow any team to claim him so we, we won't know if somebody claims him or not until then but for me best fits eagles and i tweeted this eagles no disrespect to sanders miles sanders it is strictly just insurance they don't really have anybody behind him they have bart scott behind him uh i like washington because what else are you going to be doing right now they have gibson and then they have uh ap so <clears throat> what are you going to do there you can you can go that route and then the Bears with Montgomery injury, I could easily see that. And then another one I also thought about, I didn't tweet out, but I did think about it, was the Chargers. Uh, if they don't love oh. J- Justin Jackson or Josh Kelly, if they're not you know, in love with that, and they want somebody that's kind of like that Melvin Gordon-esque type player behind Eckler, I could also see that as well. So those are the fits. Um, <clears throat> for the move... I love how everybody's saying that this is the move that makes it so they're tanking. Like, no, the move that made it so they were tanking was when they traded Clayus Campbell, just for the record. Just so we're clear there. Um, if I told you, I actually almost did a Tree Sivia with Leonard Fournette stats to prove, like, honestly how bad he's been. Like, he, I've never thought I would hear so much talk about a guy that's, 50 games into his career that averages four yards a carry on the dot four yards a carry. That's not good for the record. Uh, so like it's just because he was a top five pick. He's a bust that does not be releasing him does not make it. So they're tanking. Um, I will say at first I was skeptical of the timing, right? So they, there was reports that they were trying to trade him during the draft and then they didn't. And so I kind of always thought they would just release him within a month from the after the draft. Like, just make the move then. Didn't. And so once camp started, I was like, okay, Fournette's here for the year. Uh, I also tweeted out a few weeks ago that Armstead has been looking great in camp and that he would take over the, the lead role by midseason. So he's taking it over much earlier than midseason now. So that's always, you know, that'll be interesting. But I'm still skeptical of, like, why less than two weeks before the season? Like, why now? And then I started thinking, they didn't have an off season, right? So all these coaching staffs members could have thought, yeah, we love Armstead. We like Ozigbo. We like Chris Thompson. They have this undrafted looking at rookie out of Illinois State that's making noise, uh, James Robinson. They could be like, hey, we like these guys. But again, they never got to watch him practice because there's no mini camps, right? So they couldn't release Fournette because they're like, what if we're wrong? We have to see it on the field to know. They had their scrimmage on Saturday. Maybe that was the deciding factor was like, hey, okay, that showed us. Like live game reps, these guys had already been playing just as good as Fournette. Now we can do this. And with Jay Gruden's offense, why not just play running back by committee, which he's done basically his whole career uh, as a coach in Cincinnati and in Washington. He could like it. He runs that zone scheme. Fournette is not a fit for that. So I can, I can all understand that at the same time though, we are 13 days away from opening kickoff. And like you said, all those stats, how are you going to replace 1600 yards with 13 days of camp left? Like that is going to be that's the struggle, right? And I do believe that they can with guys like Armstead and Thompson, like because Thompson's a better pass catcher, anyways. Armstead ran better. He ran better than 
uh, Fournette last year. Much, much smaller sample size. So I also understand that. And also, you you wonder if they're just like, well, you know what? Let's just call in like Devonte Freeman or something, and just like get another vet in if they if they don't like what they're seeing. Freeman probably wants to go to a contender, but he's obviously hasn't been signed yet. And if the Jags want to offer him three million a year, great. It's still less than what you are going to be paying for net. So I don't know, like. It's. I've been vocal here that I just didn't think that Fournette was very good on this podcast. I so like I wasn't hurt or upset when I broke when I saw the news this morning, but I do like Fournette as a person. He he's actually done a lot of good things for Jacksonville, and he's like a he's just a good dude. Like if you follow him on social media and and just see what he does, he's a good person. So like I feel bad for him in that sense, and kind of hope that he goes to a good situation. And see what happens. Maybe a fresh start is good for him. So you're not viewing this as him kind of pushing his way out or creating noise to be released or, you know, be traded uh, in that type of situation? Because the way I've been perceiving Leonard Fournette within this group of guys that have kind of, in a way, pushed themselves out of Jacksonville, and that includes Jalen Ramsey, Yannick Ngakwe, Telvin Smith, who, you know, eventually just decided to stop playing football for his own personal reasons. I felt like those guys all had like a mindset or this ego. And I feel like part of that just kind of fed into Leonard Fournette and what he was. And so when he saw those guys kind of push themselves out or leave, it was, okay, I'm going to do that as well. You know, and that's just, I've kind of viewed it as being somewhat of a, a cocky type of player. Uh, and ask or t- cocky type of personality in a way, um, like the hundred dollar bill on the back of his, you know, his uh, back plate the other day in camp and stuff. Like, is that something that you look of as like a distraction? And coaches are like, all right, hey, we don't want this here. He doesn't want to be here. He's not doing as good as we think he should. Let's just move on. So no, and the hundred dollar bill thing, like. I thought that's cool motivation. The, I don't know if anybody understands what it is. It's his goal of getting 100 rushing yards a game. Like, I think that's cool. Like, I don't think that anybody had a problem with that. Uh, so, no there. And no, Fournette actually hasn't been pushing himself out. He, I think that the coaching staff is still a little butthurt over 2018 and 19. Just like, he, he had, end of 2018, he had a really, really bad attitude. Start of 2019, he did as well. And then he kind of came around realizing, hey, I actually have to be the leader of this team more than anything. So I don't think he was pushing himself out. Um, Telvin wasn't pushing himself out either. He just got into legal problems. So, but yes, Jalen obviously pushed himself out and so did Jan, right? Like those two did. And those guys are just alpha dogs that wanted to change and didn't like the way that Tom Coughlin wanted to run things. And again, I don't blame either one of those guys. I was hoping that Caldwell could have saved face with Jan and fix that but that obviously wasn't done either it is a kind of a little bit of a coincidence that they end up dr- releasing Fournette today because today is Tom Coughlin's 74th birthday or something like that um <laughs> so like last hurrah of anything related to call uh or Coughlin is now gone from that era like there's literally nothing else from from his era still on this team really that was the last I mean, one sure, yeah sure there's like little draft picks here and there but like it was keeping Bortles and it was drafting four nets and it was getting rid of Allen Robinson and paying Marquise Lee and it was not liking the way Jalen Ramsey spoke and it was having a problem with the way Yannick spoke like they're all gone and you know and that had to do with Coughlin and not Coughlin, right? So, yeah, I think that I think we're now at the point in Jacksonville, at least, where you can rebuild, and there's nobody in that locker room that's going to be like, "Oh, you you missed out in this era." Like, there's still guys there, but I think there you have all really good locker room guys. And for the record, I still think Yannick was a good locker room guy. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, Wish him the best. Don't think he's that good of a football player. I think that if he was a second round pick and this happened today, not a single person would have 
blinked an eye and never like it wouldn't have blown up on social media. It's just because he went number four overall. And really, it's more than that. It's because they kept Blake Bortles because they had faith in him and passed on Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. That's the big <laughs> thing, right? And yeah, yeah, and again, but like it's it's all funny and stuff like that. But then again, in 2017, every single person in the world was like, shit, they made the right choice, right? After he, him and Bortles led that offense to the AFC championship game and was three minutes away from a Super Bowl appearance, obviously. One hindsight, throw away. It, it, Yeah. One throw away, one third and 16 stop away, you know, um, <laughs> you know, and obviously that's only one year, but it's, it's just how it works. So, um, yeah, that's how we are. And Hey, I'm excited for the future Four picks in the top 60 next year, most likely. And I think they're going to get, you know, if they can, they've had two good drafts in a row. If they can continue that, obviously get a franchise quarterback, and I like I like Doug Marone as a person, but I just think you need a new leader in that locker room. You need a new coach, somebody that can be creative and offensively minded and all that and won't be too loyal to not fire a defensive coordinator that is very, very below average for the last three years. So excited for the future. It's going to be a rough year. But the good news is, is I'm already ready for it. And I'm like, I'll be excited at some losses when I know I'm getting a chance at a guy like Trevor Lawrence. Boy, I mean, you have some choices there, depending on how everyone else goes. I mean, you got Trevor Lawrence, the Nance kid. Lance, yeah. Oh, my God. I said Nance. (laughs) Yeah, the Lance kid. And then. Uh, Justin Fields, if he decides to declare as well, uh, even though Ohio exactly. State's not playing, you got some options. It's and I like how you're looking at the optimistic view of what Jacksonville has because it is going to be a tough year um, for a lot of teams. And man, we've even broke that down. So I'm I'm happy that you're in a good place with it. I know this is something we've talked about a lot. Like this is a topic we've both covered uh, on you know recording and not recording. I almost said on air, off air, kind of the same thing. You guys get it. Uh, But, yeah, I like where your head's at. That's good to hear. Uh, Some other news going on in the NFL. Logan Ryan was signed to the Giants yesterday. One year, $7.5 million deal. Uh, That's good for the Giants after stuff with DeAndre Baker this offseason and him getting in trouble with the law. You're able to add in a corner. helps out your defense. I still think you need plenty of help on the defensive side of the ball uh, in terms of a pass rush and stuff like that. If you're Logan Ryan, are you excited to be a giant, or is it kind of like a, at least I'm getting paid seven and a half million dollars? Yeah, I, I think it's I'm getting paid seven and a half million dollars. It's a one year deal, but it's a I can prove it safety type deal. So next year I can get a bigger deal. Bam, there it is. Uh, another one. What was the other news today? Oh my gosh, someone Fred Warner, excuse me, was placed on the COVID list. Teresa, I actually don't have a lot of information on this because I didn't hear much about it. Uh, do you have anything else to add to it, though? Uh, again, COVID list is you either tested positive or you were around somebody that did. So you just you don't make assumptions. You just know it's one or the other. But why I put this on here and why it's a big deal, because most people stay on the COVID list for two weeks. Do the math. When is when is opening day? Right. Yeah. It's it's under two weeks. It's something that I think is a big deal for the 49ers defense. I think that they might have to start planning on possibly playing opening Sunday without Fred Warner in that defense. Man, they're going to have to start planning about a lot of people not playing on that team. And it isn't because of COVID. I mean, Brandon Ayuk goes down with the injury. Uh, Debo Samuel, we've already discussed, might not play opening week. And now you have Fred Warner on that defense. Boy, things are going to be not good, Jack. Not good at all. Yeah. Nick Bosa is week to week. Yes. So, yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure, you know, in eight, nine days from now, it's going to be all a lot of these guys are back practicing and whatnot. And they're just playing it super safe. But at the same time, though, you don't get as many practice reps. Uh, week one can get ugly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be good for the, the 49ers when you put it like that. Not something I really thought of either. 
so look at you. Look at us. Look at us. Bringing some news. <laughs> uh, Alvin Kamara and Joe Mixon <laughs> potentially holding out. Joe Mixon, we've already heard, uh, is kind of starting to do it. Alvin Kamara, though, I haven't heard anything uh, else with. So, Therese, I'm, I'm really banking on you there. Yeah, so Mixon hasn't practiced for about eight days now. And they're saying it's because of migraines. And I will say the last two practices, he's been out on the field at least. He just hasn't been practicing after missing mm-hmm. three practices of not. So that's I think is a good sign, and maybe he's really not holding out. Uh, but there was a, a real worry there. For Kamara, he just missed his third practice in a row today. Unexcused absence. He just hasn't shown up three days in a row. It 100% wow. is a holdout. And it's funny, and I don't think it has anything to do with it, but there's some people retweeting one of his tweets from, I think it was earlier this month, that says that just said, I'm sorry in advance. And then it was like less than two weeks later is when he started his holdout. So people were like, he was trying to tell us something, and we all just ignored it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I'm sure the tweet was about something else, but like super funny there. So yeah, he, he 100% is holding out right now i mean three unexcused absences that's what a holdout is yep damn okay well that is something i've honestly just blatantly missed um i definitely missed a lot of shit over this weekend uh because i had myself a good time on saturday night as well that we don't need to get into but sunday was a rough one for me uh speaking of a rough time derwin james is down again with an injury this year. They're not sure how long he's going to be out. I believe they mentioned three to four weeks. Uh, it might turn into a couple months or so, depending on how it is uh, with this injury. But, man, if, you, it's, if you're just a football fan, like you have to realize Derwin James is one of the best safeties in the NFL. And when he came back last year, it was a, it was a huge help and a huge different, difference maker to that Los Angeles Chargers defense and you lose him again at the start of the year, it's just not what you need going in with that defense and that offense and the question marks that are kind of present there. Uh, I feel bad for Derwin James, though, because, God, he's so good at football. Yeah, 100%. feel awful for him. You hope that it is only that three- to four-week timeline, but I don't know. It it sounds like it could be longer, which just sucks. Uh, Other news, uh, Le'Veon Bell. Hell, splitting reps with Frank Gore. Old man Frank Gore taking first team reps while Bell is second team reps. You don't see that very often. Uh, Adam Gates. What you doing, man? (laughs) (laughs) What in the world are you doing over there in New York besides just making everyone go nuts uh, as your eyes are even nuttier? Did you see that video of Frank Gore, though, in Jets practice just blatantly destroying a safety? Like, it was a live rep. And, I mean, he is just barreling through the middle. And he just covers the ball, ducks his shoulders and head, and just – I mean, if there wasn't a possibility of ripping that dude's head off with his shoulder, he pretty much did it. Because that kid just, like, buckled up and fell backwards. And it was like, man, that poor kid just coming in trying to make a tackle. And Frank Gore's like, fuck you, son. Here I come. Boom. It, I mean, it looked just like that on video. And then it was like a day before that, I see Le'Veon Bell, who is just absolutely shredded right now. Yeah, he is. He looks so good. Uh, I didn't see that video, so now I'm like trying to look it up. And let's see, what else do we have? We have uh, Jalen Rager and Andre Dillard, uh, last year's first-rounder and this year's first-round pick for the Eagles, both out. Dillard out for the year, and then yeah. Rager out for what they're saying is probably four to five weeks. So that would be him missing probably the first three games. Which and it, sucks was a, he, it was a labrum injury, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, it was. So it just, that just sucks, man. Like he's been having a good camp. He was going to be the starter week one and you go down with that injury. It's wide receiver court. They need, they need Alshon Jeffrey to get healthy. Um, they just do like that's all it comes down to. So I heard that, that he got injured tackling a defensive player because there was an interception thrown in practice. Correct. And that was the day Carson Wentz sat out of practice. Why are, you, why are you trying to tackle somebody? I like, mean, you got to think about it, though. 
you're a rookie trying to like prove a point you're trying to prove that you're willing to like get in there to get that starting job like you'll do anything like you'll block you'll tackle as a wide receiver i totally get it i get it but like dang if you've already i feel like if you've already felt like you've locked a starting job in like go be a part of it but i mean it's it's a hard it's you know damned if you do damned if you don't type of situation for him 100 uh Sucks for the Eagles because I have a freaking bet on Carson Wentz being a top five MVP candidate, and That's, they're just freaking falling down. Like they're just one after another. Yeah, I, the, I hope their offensive line's good. Uh, the Ra- the Rager thing's not as big of a deal for you. It's it's more of now that they're down two offensive linemen. Uh, yeah, I, I mean that's going to be a worry, but also. Wentz is going to be good. I like that. Like, I think that bet's actually kind of funny that you guys have because usually it's only like two max three people that get votes for MVP. So there's not Mm -hmm. really such thing as a top five. Hey, I'm rolling with it. All right. That's fine. (laughs) That's fine. All right. Um, Last thing before we get into our breakdown here, and that is we had college football back on Saturday, which is awesome. And it was great. I took Central Arkansas to cover at four and a half, and they did it with 33 seconds left. Scored a touchdown <laughs> to go up seven. Uh, it would not be football season without uh, just a heart-pounding win to, for the cover. So uh, against Austin Pay and like go go Central Arkansas, and um, they gave up a 75-yard touchdown very first play of the game. Like we were like <laughs> yes, sitting there. Our fantasy draft was good, and um, it was just about – our fantasy draft was just about to start, but we're watching that, and we're like, all right, okay, gambling's back on, and first play to the house, and we just looked at each other like, shit. Like, <laughs> all right, okay, here we go. <laughs> uh, so it was awesome. You love it. You love it. You love it. All right, so with the heart or the – yeah, the heart of our episode today – uh, we are breaking down the AFC West, where my respected Kansas City Chiefs, defending Super Bowl champions, are in this division. The Denver Broncos, the Oakland Raiders, or oh my gosh, the Las Vegas Raiders, newly the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm excited for this year. I'm excited about all of these teams. Uh, I know that's probably weird to hear. But I, I really am. I loved the, the Broncos draft this year. Uh, I'm kind of worried about what the Raiders couple couple of their guys are going to be after seeing some you know tape from their camps. Uh, and then the Chargers, what's this offense going to be like? I have several questions uh, for all of these teams. I'm going to be frankly honest with you. But, Trees, start us off, dude. Uh, what team do you want to start us off with? You want to do the Broncos? Yes, I do, actually. That's perfect. That's good. Okay. All right. So the Broncos schedule, as we've been doing, we'll do the first five games. So they start off against the Titans and then go to the Steelers and then go to the Bucks and then the Jets and then the Patriots. So that is their first five games. And I have the Broncos starting out two and three. Uh, I do have them losing to, I actually start have them losing the first three and then winning the next two. So they lose to the Titans, they lose to the Steelers, they lose to the Bucks, and then they beat the Jets and beat the Patriots. The pa- They're going to beat the Patriots. Yep. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I'm not going to act. I need to stop acting surprised. You- when you it, tell me these things, it's you actually like, said you did this exact opposite when we did the Patriots. Wait, you went, wait, you have the Broncos beating the Patriots? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I can disagree with that because it seems like it's pretty easy. I mean, if you go to first six, they play the Dolphins. First six games, they might be sitting there three and three. So that's not a bad start for the Broncos uh, within this division. And then it's like right after that, you kind of get in the heat of your division games uh, and what's going to be taking place for them. But dang, I, I'm excited for this team. I know I already said that. Uh, Drew Locke's got a second year coming in. There's a huge potential there. There's really honestly no excuse for him to be bad uh, unless he starts forcing the ball. I like the receivers. Cortland Sutton. You got the Hamler kid who's there's your speed. And then somehow Jerry Judy just falls to you in the draft. 
You added to your offensive line with Cushionberry. We you you know you added uh, Dalton Reisner last year, a friend of the pod. We really need to get him back on because that dude is just turning into a freaking star in Denver uh, in yes. what he's done there. And then the running back situation, you know, you got Melvin Gordon um, and uh, Philip Lindsay. Damn, go ahead, have yourself a year, Drew Locke. Like shit. And then you got Jake Butt and Noah Fan at tight ends. If Jake Butt can stay healthy, he might be something. You know, but he was a you know a highly rated recruit or excuse me, uh, prospect coming out of college. Uh, people were excited about what he was going to do for the Broncos, and he's been hurt. And that defense, it's not like they're any worse. They might be better. They got AJ Bouye this year. Simmons is still there. Miller and Chubb. Like shit, you might have lost someone on the interior defensive line, but I still think you're in a position to compete at a high level in this division. I'm I I'm saying it again. I'm excited for the Broncos this year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, and, sorry, did you say Hamler as well? I don't know if you mentioned yes. him. Okay, sorry. I didn't. KJ and then Hamler. Got, yeah, yeah. And then they also got Albert O, oh, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name from Missouri as well yes. for another tight end who's actually going to be ahead of but but I still agree on but but yeah, so but but there we go. Uh, so I totally agree there. So I actually have the Broncos going seven and nine. Really? I do. Their schedule is pretty tough. Let me pull that back up. I was just at it. Because we I looked at the first six to be three and three. Then after that, I mean, honestly, yeah. Because then it goes Chiefs, Falcons. There's two losses. Then you play the Raiders and the Chargers. Let's just say so they probably, split both, right? Let's just that's say that's what they, I was getting ready to say. Yep. They're probably going to split with them. Then they go Saints and Chiefs again. Those are two tough games. You're probably yep. losing those. Yep. And then Panthers, you're probably getting a win. Bills, you're probably losing. And then if you split with the Chargers, Raiders, there's your other two wins. Yeah, exactly. So I actually had them six. I think I just did six wins for them. Yeah, you Who did. Who do you have them beating? So I had them splitting with those guys, and then I had them – Oh, yeah. Sorry, I actually do them. I do have them upsetting the Chiefs one game. Really? Okay. I mean, but, I can't be always, upset with that. You always say that they play, and and it's right. But like, you always say that the Broncos play them so tough. So I actually, I have them going three and three in the division, just splitting with all of them, and I have them just getting them at home, right? Like just getting them at in Denver. So that's that's where that extra win is coming from. I mean, and that's totally fair because. I'm not even kidding you. Every game Patrick Mahomes has played against the Broncos, it's had to be in a comeback fashion uh, in the second half. I mean, they're, they're always close games. There's a big play that has to be made. One of the games is usually a primetime game, uh, as it is in that division between those two. And half the time, I feel like it's in mile high. But, yeah, I mean, the Broncos are going to be a team to be reckoned with or a team to at least to be respected this next season. That's what I'm most excited about for them. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into the Raiders though. That's another team um, that I'm wondering how they're going to be. Cause I'm really not sure where they're at. They've, they've rebuilt their offensive line. Derek Carr seems like he's gotten a little bit more confident uh, in himself. He's tired of being overlooked. He's tired of being underappreciated. And honestly, you should, you should be pissed off. You should be mad that, you know, you've been forced to leave Oakland. That area. Now you have to go to Las Vegas and you have to restart. And people were saying, hey, they should just start with a new quarterback. One of those people was me. I might have been the conductor on that train saying go to Las Vegas with a new quarterback and a new face of the franchise. But they're coming in with some serious speed. Zay Jones, Henry Ruggs, you know, Josh Jacobs at running back. You added uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. Uh, in the draft as well, who's a running back slash receiver uh, from Kentucky. I think I believe he even played quarterback uh, at one point because their starter went down. So you have that there. That's what the Raiders love. Tight end, I mean, okay, you brought in Jason Witten. That's good. You love to see that. Who was the other tight? Foster Moreau. I don't know why I'm not seeing his name on here. That's confusing me. Excuse me. Um, but this offense has some serious potential uh, to do good. Like if they can just get everything clicking, and that was just kind of the issue last year was they would be okay, and then it was like things would fall apart, and then they just had nothing on defense. Like their defense couldn't stop anything. I don't even know an analogy to use that would be funny and rude 
they just weren't stopping anything. Like it was just that bad. Um, and yes, they dealt with injuries. It's going to be different to see what they look like. Uh, oh my gosh, excuse me. With you know a new additions to the defense, Clean and Farrell gets another year of in. Uh, Max Crosby. If you talk to the right people, he should have won Defensive Rookie of the Year. I have a buddy who's a huge Raiders fan, and he tells me that every time. He had better stats than Nick Bosa. I have you telling me Josh Allen had better stats than Nick Bosa. Even though that is both true, Nick Bosa won it because of his last name. They added Corey Littleton in the offseason. I'm excited about what that's going to happen. And then Jonathan Abram. He's coming back, and he sets the tone for that defense that we didn't get to see last year, uh, but we saw him on hard knocks. And I think it's just because he's a hard-headed kid who just wanted to hit people. didn't matter if you were his teammate or not. Uh, hopefully that mindset has changed a little bit going into this year. We haven't really heard from him, but that might be the guy on that defense to go along with Corey Littleton uh, and those edge rushers. It, the Raiders are another team to, that you have to respect uh, within this division and the AFC, because if everything goes well, they have the opportunity to be very good. Totally. So the, my problem with Max Crosby is, and I still think he's a very, very good player, but the argument of should have won rookie of the year is half of his sacks came in one game. <laughs> so uh, he had one amazing game that kind of skewed that stat. So uh, that's my argument. Again, though, like what was he, a fourth-round pick, I think? So, sixth. Um, sixth-round pick. Yeah. So sixth-round pick? Yeah. Really? I believe so. This is going to be so fun for everybody, like this quiet. Um... Just because I remember in Hard Knocks, he's just a goofy white kid with all these random, random-ass tattoos. It's kind of how they, you know, perceived him in the in the show. Uh, it's got to be a fourth round pick. He was pick 106, 106 overall. So that's got to be fourth round. That's where I got the sixth from. Yep. Was yep. it really fourth the fourth? Round. Yep, fourth round pick 106. Yikes! I've been saying sixth round pick a lot, and I have been very wrong. Uh, so I apologize for that. Let me go ahead and apologize. <laughs> that's all right. Um, so let's go. Let's go through the top first five games. Opening game against the Panthers, W. Opening game for Las Vegas, in Las Vegas, Saints, loss. <laughs> um, then they play the Patriots, Bills, Chiefs. So my guess is you have them going one and one and four in the first five. Oh, and five. No, yes, have- one and four. Excuse me, one and four. Okay. Yeah, yep. okay. Apologize. Yep. Okay. So again, and you're gonna go what? But we already talked about it when it was Patriots. I do have the Raiders beating the Patriots. I think that the way that their offense works is going to be good against the Patriots defense, and so I do have them going two and three to start the season. And then overall, I have them going six and ten on the year. Six and ten. So split. I mean, you've we already have them splitting in the division between the Broncos. Do you think they split with the Chargers? I do. Yep. Okay. And then, so then you don't think they're you don't think they're splitting with the Chiefs? Nope. So okay. I have them beating those two. So I have them beating the Panthers, the Patriots, Broncos. Okay. the Broncos and Chargers. That's four. And then I have them beating the Jets, which is five, and the Dolphins, which is six. Okay. I think that's pretty fair. Well, that's a rough middle of the season, though. Shit. It's very rough. And if you look at their schedule last year, it was like just so much easier. And like they were in so many, like, I don't know, like all their games, I felt like the, their wins were close wins and then their mm-hmm. losses were blowouts. And so I just, I think it's just going to be tough for them. I think that they're still another year away. And this has nothing to do with Mayock or even Gruden. I think that it was, there's a reason why Gruden got a 10 year deal. Um, I think it was seriously like a four-year rebuild that they wanted to do. They didn't want to try to do any quick fixes. I think they're doing the right thing. And, yes, it does suck that they won seven games last year, I think, and I have them dropping one game. But that doesn't mean you're a worse team. It just means, hey, you had to play tougher opponents, and that's just the way it works. And eventually all these young guys are going to start stepping up in year three and four, and I think they're going to start winning some ball games next year. Honestly, if they do go at that record six and ten um... – they're moving on from Derek Carr. 100% are. 
Just, just want to make sure we're on the same page there. Oh, no. Oh, somebody unpaused. There it is. Yikes. Yikes. Um, let's move over to the Chargers then. Okay. So, Chargers. We already talked about Derwin James. And so this actually changed a lot of what I had them at with the unknown there. For example, I know that we talked about when we were doing the NFC South, I had the Chargers beating the Bucks, And we had this long discussion on why. And I was like, Chargers defensive backs are just so good. I think they can slow these guys down. And now I honestly would probably flip that game. So I, I do have the Chargers losing that game now, as long as Derwin's not playing. So let's talk about the first five. They play the Bengals. So they get Joe Burrow first game of the year. Burrow, have fun dealing with Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa for your first career game. And with those savvy cornerbacks, uh, that's going to be a struggle for you. Then they play the Chargers. Then they play the Panthers. Then they get the Bucks and the Saints. So that's their first five games. That's honestly a very hard first five games. Besides... Besides the Panthers, I, and just because the Bengals are unknown, but they have weapons, like that's very, very tough right there. So Who I were their first five games against again? Bengals, Chiefs, Panthers, Bucks, Saints. Gotcha. Did I mess up there? <laughs> yeah, it just it cracked me up because you're like, hey, good luck Joe Burrow against that savvy defense. Then they play the Chargers, the Panthers, the Bucks, and the Saints. <laughs> Completely skip the Chiefs. <laughs> They're going to oh. play themselves. <laughs> I think I said Chiefs, and then I went back to Joe Burrow. But anyways, it's fine. So um, just like the other ones, I have the Chargers going 2-3 and three to start the year. So I have all three so far starting out 2-3. and three. I mean, ar- arguably, I think, not even arguably, I, I have to agree with that. Because you're not beating the Bucks now, especially with Durham James potentially being out. That is the coin flip, though, uh, if he's back at this point or not. That would kind of put them right then and there. Maybe he comes in before the Panthers game. Uh, maybe they just say, hey, get another week to rest, come back against the Bucks. let's go get a W there, and then roll into the Saints. And then we'll go on a winning streak against <laughs> the Jets, Dolphins, Jaguars, Raiders, Broncos. And we'll just continue the rest of the year. Uh, but I do think they start two and three or possibly three and two, like I said, if, yep. if Derwin James does play uh, against the Bucks and what that game. I just think that might really just be a really good game. It's like, that's going to be, be a, a great game. A, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. That's something to kind of circle on the calendar for potential game of the week there. Uh, but within this team, dude, the question mark is quarterback. Like, you're fine at running back. Like, you honestly are with Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. Those guys did just fine last year without Melvin Gordon. They're going to do just fine this year. They're probably going to do better with Tyrod Taylor because he's just going to want to get the ball out of his hand. This offensive line, they added some help there with Brian Bulaga. Uh, Trey Turner, who they traded for from Carolina. Mike Pouncey is there. You know, I think they're fine. That left side is kind of where the question marks are. But receivers... Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, if they're staying healthy, you're perfectly fine. You got nothing to worry about. Uh, KJ Hill, I believe that's going to be your speed guy, correct? Um, and then from there, like you're pretty much you're set. With tight end Hunter Henry, you re-signed him. That's smart. And we've already talked about it. This defense, shit. Holy shit, this defense. If they just stay healthy. If Derwin James is there all year. It leaves the only question mark at quarterback. Can Tyrod Taylor keep the job, or is Justin Herbert going to come in and just throw some pretty passes that might be interceptions or not, but you put it in slow-mo and hard knocks, and I'm very excited to see it because it looks so pretty spinning in the air. It really does, and we've talked about it, and uh, and this is no breaking news, but just like last year how I said the Ravens were the best defensive group, uh, defensive backs, it's the Chargers this year. Like Chris Harris Jr., Derwin James, Nasir Adderley, Desmond King, and Casey Hayward. Like that is amazing. It's so good. So yeah, I agree with you. And so overall, even with the unknown, I actually have the Chargers going eight and eight. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so that actually does put me at second or sorry, me puts the chargers at second overall in the division is where I have them. So I have eight and eight chargers, seven and nine Broncos and six and 10 Raiders. So they're all pretty close to each other. It's just who gets those one 
and win extra, right? That's kind of where it's at. We obviously still have the Chiefs to go. We all know that the Chiefs are winning this division. That's why I'm kind of breaking down those three right now as we're waiting. No, and I totally get that. So with the Chargers, though, I just want to check back in on that. Eight and eight. It was so hard because I was like, because of their quarterback unknown, it was so hard for me to like, like I wanted to give them more losses. But like I just look at their schedule and I think their schedule lines up great for them. I mean, it really does. That's what I'm saying. Like, they could go two and three or three and two to start the year yep. uh, in their first five. But then it's like Jets win, Dolphins win, Jaguars win, Raiders, Broncos. You're probably winning those early in the year. Honestly, I'm dead serious. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers sweep the Raiders because they're both going to be indoor games. I know it doesn't make a big difference playing in California either way, but like, that's all new turf. Like, you're, you know, that's. It's all brand spanking new, and that helps the Chargers out in my mind more than it does the Raiders. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do, but then it gets tough with the Bills, Patriots, and Falcons. You're probably beating the Patriots. The Bills is going to be a good game. If Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback, they're not losing to the Bills. And if if they're playing the Falcons, like they have enough speed and size on their offense to beat them, and their defense is good enough to handle Julio. The same reason why I had the Bucks beating them is why I'd have them beating the Falcons as well. They're, the Falcons' strength is the passing game, and that is exactly what the Chargers want everybody to do on them, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I have it. And I actually have them splitting with the Broncos and the uh, Raiders, I believe. Yeah, I have, them, I have them splitting. But I also have them beating the Chiefs at the end of the year because yeah. I think that they will – the Chiefs are going to have this shit locked up. And I know that – I know that Andy Andy Reid doesn't sit his guys, but I could see it being fourth quarter, and it's like, okay, time to pull some guys. Like exactly, starters play maybe even just the first half, and then and then it's time to pull them out, and then it's just like, okay, Chargers are still playing their guys because hey, maybe something freakish happens. Because let's not forget, there's seven playoff spots this year. That is right. That is right. So, so, like, I could easily see an 8-8 eight and eight team making the playoffs this year because there's seven spots. There's an extra spot. Let's run through this because I want to know where I have them at, and I'm, I can't do yeah, the math and talk do, at I'll the do same it, time. I'll do it right now. Bengals. Win. Chiefs. Loss. Panthers. Win. Bucks. I'm going to say they win that game. I'm going to say Derwin James is playing and they win. Saints. Okay. Loss. Okay. Jets. Dolphins. Jaguars. Three wins in a row. Okay. You're going to play the Raiders and the Broncos. Let's say you lose to the Raiders. Okay. You beat the Broncos. You're okay. beating the Bills because Tyrod Taylor is not losing to them. Okay. You beat the Patriots. Okay. You beat the Falcons. Okay. You lose to the Raiders. You lose to the Broncos. You beat the Chiefs. You have them at 11 wins, bro. You have them. You have them sweeping. Or getting swept by the Broncos, though. Did you mean to do that? Beat the Raiders, lose to the Broncos. And you had to lose to the Broncos earlier, so. Yeah, so it was beat the Raiders, lose to the Broncos. Here, let's rework this then. Then play the Bills. You have them splitting against the Raiders on the season. You have the Broncos sweeping them. That is what you just said. I don't want to do that because the Broncos will beat them one game. So you wanted to split that? I think it's going to be that last game. Yes. Like they'll lose to the Raiders at the end. So it's like the the last three games are division. Lose lose Raiders, beat the Broncos, lose to the Broncos, excuse me, golly, and then beat the Chiefs. Okay. So, okay. And then earlier you have the Broncos still winning the earlier matchup as well? Because that's what you had earlier. Fuck. I mean, I. God damn it. No, splitting them. I'm tongue tying okay. myself. And just I'm for the record, you, for the record, you just said the Chargers are going 12 and four. That's what you just said. Like I said, I'm not going to be surprised. Like, yeah, I'm so, really not. Yeah, There's no reason so, for this team to be bad. Again. Dude, I don't blame you. At one point, my very first pass through, I had them winning 11 games, and I've kind of talked myself down to eight. And honestly, I don't feel good about it. I probably should go by the end of the season. And 
for the record, everybody, we're doing this, and then the w- episode before the season starts, we're going to do our final projections because the injuries happen, and we start rethinking things. Yep. Like, this is just, like, where we're at at that moment. Like, it, this one this one will be fun for us to talk through because I think our things are going to change dramatically. Example, my thing with the Eagles, all, my record for the Eagles has tra- gone dramatically different as well with this. So, yep. anyways... So you have them going 12 and four right now is what you got. So, and I don't blame you. So either way, we both have them taken second in this division. So let's go over to the chiefs. Let's okay. talk this through. So um, let's just dive right into it. So first five games, opening night, Thursday night against the Texans. Then you got the chargers, Ravens, Patriots, Raiders. You have them going five and zero. And this isn't me being a biased Chiefs fan. It's me being very serious. I also have them going 5-0. and Okay. So I mean, like the Texans, you don't want to lose that game. They're not losing that. You are not losing Thursday night as you get a championship ring and banner. It's not happening. They're not losing. The Chargers, they're going to be missing Derwin James. You're not losing that game. The question mark is going to be the Ravens game, right? Like, that's going to be the most amazing game. I'm upset that it's week three. Like, I want that either week one or, like, at the end of the year when it really could matter. Like, upset about it, but I'm also going to enjoy a late September game with that. That's going to be awesome. Then you get the Patriots. It doesn't have the same steam without Tom Brady there. It just doesn't. They're going to win that game, and then we've already talked about it. They're going to beat the Raiders. So this isn't you being a biased guy. At one point, I did have the Ravens beating the Chiefs. I've kind of flip-flopped and got it so the Chiefs are winning that game. So that's where we're at. I have them going 5-0. and Going through the rest of the schedule, do you want to go game by game, or do you want to just say what you have their record at is uh, record at, at the end of the season? 13 and three. I also have them at 13 and three. And I think it's the last three games. I have them losing. I already told you. So I have them losing to the Broncos right, right before Halloween. And then I have Mm -hmm. them losing to the saints. And then the last game again, because they're sitting people because they already have it wrapped up. So we both have them losing two out of the last three. The difference is you have them losing to the Falcons at the end of the year. And I have them losing to just the Broncos in the middle of the year. Yep. Boy, I hope I'm wrong though on those last three at the end of the year because that's going to be depressing going into the playoffs. Uh, and and even for how good they are, I, I just have such a hard – because I think that the Saints are really going to be fighting for something. And given – so are the – let's not act like the Chiefs aren't. Like the yeah. Ravens or whoever is going – there's going to be another team fighting for that first round. And again, seven teams, only, only top team gets a bye now. Exactly, so yeah. Being number one is huge. I just have with the Ravens going 12 and four. That's why I have the Chiefs have it wrapped up and they can bench guys in the second half of week 17. Uh, but the Saints 100 percent are going to be in a battle and probably in a battle for like with like three or four teams <laughs> for that, like number one and two spot. And so that's why I just don't see the Chiefs being able to go into New Orleans and winning. Yeah, but, Ex- I mean, especially at this point in the year. Yep. But you're saying, but go ahead. It depends on what fans are, right? Like that place isn't scary if there's no fans. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I don't, I mean, and I mean, this is less cocky. Like, I don't know if it's scary when you have Patrick Mahomes, like, you know, like in that offense and Tyreek Hill on that turf and Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field and, you know, McCole Hardman, what he's doing and a guy that no one's even discussing with the Chiefs that we should be. And I've been putting my focus on Sammy Watkins. It's Demarcus Robinson, man. That guy could have gone somewhere else this offseason and probably gotten broken off like he truly could have. He comes back on a one year deal and was like, I want to win another Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if they can. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs find a way to keep this guy as well because he has size and he has speed and he's got a great relationship with Patrick Mahomes and those other receivers and he knows where to be on the field. He's just got to be better at coming down with those 50-50 balls. And we saw it last year that he did. I mean, we saw him lawn chair himself catching a pass against the Raiders in Oakland. And then we saw that one-handed catch in the corner of the end zone against the Ravens. 
Like yeah. this, that is the guy that I think is a difference maker for this offense that we're not going to be discussing. And I get it because we're going to be talking about Clyde Edwards Hilaire in this offense and as a rookie, but that is a guy, Demarcus Robinson is who I'm ex- the most excited for on the chiefs offense to see how he produces this year. That's fair. Um, yeah. And obviously, yeah, Mahomes is great, but I'm just saying if it's in New Orleans and there are fans allowed at that point in the season, you have to be scared. Like, you just have to be. Like, that's just a real thing. Uh, breaking news, though, big guy. Some breaking news. Guess who's going to be around Kansas City for the next six years? What's going on here? That's Andy like, Reid! Let's go! And, I just saw it. And Brett Beach. Both of them. Oh, baby. Oh, my God. The Chiefs have so much fucking money. I mean, yeah, that that doesn't really go into like their cap space. It doesn't, but it's I mean, one hundred seventy seven dollars, half a billion. Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, Andy Reid, Brett Veach. Y'all are just so freaking screwed. You're so screwed. You're so screwed. So for the record, everybody, because nobody understands what we're talking about here. Uh, they just got extended for six more years. So both will be around. They're trying to make it so those guys are around as long as, I don't know, as long as Mahomes is in his 20s still. <laughs> so uh, big time. That's awesome for them. All right, let's move into some rookies. So what rookies, and can we just avoid saying Clyde? Uh, what yes, rookies I plan on. Okay, what rookies do you have going off this year? Or helping out their teams, not counting. Um, yes. Yeah. So offensive wise, Jerry Judy, um, and then the the Brian Edwards kid from South Carolina that the Raiders drafted. That's a guy that I've got to watch him play firsthand at Mizzou, and that dude is a difference maker. So him and that offense as a big target for Derek Carter just throw the ball up to. Uh, that that seriously worries me. He's he's been having an excellent camp as well. Um, so nice thing is, is we don't have the same guys. So I have, <laughs> yeah, I have Lloyd Cushenberry, offensive lineman, making a just making a difference. It's kind of like the Dalton Reisner thing, right? Like just hey, makes a big difference. Give the big guy some love. Give yeah. the big guy some love. Exactly. And then I have Kenneth Murray. Playing middle linebacker for the Chargers, and hey, if they're winning, if they're taking second in the division, fighting for ten wins, ten plus wins, he's going to be a big time player for that. And then I also have KJ Hill, who's actually like fourth or fifth on their depth chart right now, but I think just by the end of the season, he starts making plays for him. Yep, awesome defensive side of the ball. Um, I'm going to say Willie Gay Jr., the second round pick that the Chiefs took. Uh, he's a linebacker, f- just. Freak athlete, uh, you know, reports were coming out that, hey, if it wasn't for Isaiah Simmons in this draft, this is the freak linebacker we'd all be talking about. The Chiefs get him in the second round. Uh, he has done great. He's fast. He's big. And he is strong. The Chiefs are, like, praising him. But at the same time, when the media is allowed to record or they're having any scrimmages and Arrowhead and fans are allowed in, it's like they're keeping him off because all right, we don't want him flashing and people talking about him. We kind of want this to be our secret little weapon heading into the season. Uh, that's someone I'm excited about. Uh, and then another guy for the Chiefs who I'm wondering how he's going to play out with Brashad Breeland missing the first four games um, is going to be Legereus Sneed. He was a fourth-round corner that they took, safety slash corner, um, who was very fast. Uh, there's been reports coming out that he has kept up with Tyreek Hill down the field uh, in covering – Oh, my gosh, excuse me, as I get the hiccups. Uh, they reported that he has kept up with uh, Tyreek Hill running down the field, be- being able to break up a pass-catch situation. If you're the Chiefs, you like that at corner because everyone's like, oh, you need to go corner early. Well, hey, we got him right here in the fourth round, and he's covering the fastest receiver in the NFL. I think we're doing okay. So various Ward has had another big camp. I'm not diving back into the Chiefs. But the, uh, those two guys are rookies that I'm excited for within the Chiefs, but Kenneth Murray at a division hole, uh, I think it's it's kind of silly not to pick anybody else. Yep, agreed. Um, so we do the step back. 
stuff as well who takes a step back. And for me, it is the excitement in Las Vegas after I taking will, last in the division. I'll agree. I think I think they're looking at it. You know, it's kind of what we said earlier. They're going to be looking at this. They're going to be in the games. They're still young. There's going to be mistakes. And Derek Carr is just not going to be there. Like yeah. after this year, I just they're like, OK, hey, we're young everywhere else. Let's just upgrade this. Everything is set for a new quarterback to come in. That's honestly how you should probably build a team anyways. Get the offensive line set. Get a running back. Get receivers. Get receivers with experience. Have a tight end. Have a defense that's ready to play. You have that at every level. Clean and Farrell. Max Crosby. You got the uh, the Maurice kid in the middle who has the heart issue from Michigan. You have Corey Littleton at linebacker. You have Jonathan Abrams at safety. You know, I my favorite guy out of Houston that the Raiders drafted from the Senior Bowl trees uh, that we were at the the first one that I went to, uh, something Thomas I believe is his name. You don't know off the top of your head. He's like a six three corner and he runs lights freaking out. He got injured last year and didn't get to play. That's a, a defensive guy to watch as like a comeback player for this division, though. Nice. like it. I like it. Okay. Um, and then what else do we have? Biggest free agents. So I have – I actually have three defensive players. I mean, I, I could have gone Melvin Gordon uh, for an offensive player, but I didn't. So I actually went with A.J. Boye. I went with Jarrell Casey, so two Broncos players. And then I went with Corey Littleton. Had to do Corey Littleton um, just because I really wanted him on the Jags. Given didn't think Schilbert was available, so I'm happy with what the Jags <laughs> did there. But, uh, yeah, so I have three defensive players there. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Corey Littleton. I think he brings a lot to that defense. He was kind of the, the quiet, unsung hero for the Rams defense the last couple years. He gets paid, and he gets to be in Las Vegas. So hope you hope you do well, but that is the guy that I'm definitely going for in this division as well. Uh, MVP though, I'm I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. I think he comes back. He's got something to play for. He just won a Super Bowl. You look at the NFL top 100 players. They placed him at fourth, the third best quarterback in the NFL, and he was injured last year. Didn't get to win MVP. This dude's ultra competitive, the the ultimate competitor. He's on my Kansas City Chiefs. I think they just come out lights out this year. Yeah. I mean, you go 13-3, and three, you can't not have Patrick Mahomes as your MVP. So, uh, right there with you. All right. That does it for us. So, we are, as we're recording, 10 days out from the season. Nine for those of you that listen to us on the day we come out. So, getting very excited. Which means we have three episodes left before the season starts. So, next episode is going to be our fantasy episode. I'm personally very, very excited for it. Uh, I know a lot of people's drafts are this upcoming weekend, uh, especially with Labor Day being the weekend, and a lot of people have extra time on their hands, and it's the number one day uh, or number one weekend for drafts. And then we will do an episode of our all of our awards, division winners, all of that, and then we're into breaking down some games and predictions and what we really enjoyed last year which was all of our betting that we did so we did player player prop bets plus we did just regular games pick them league so uh had a lot of fun doing that so that's our next three episode rundown uh we appreciate you guys sticking through the entire off season with us it it's basically here now so we're super excited um austin do you want to say one last thing before i uh, send us off no, uh, I mean, just going off of that, we're excited heading into this year. There's a lot to be excited about. I feel like we're more knowledgeable where teams are at this year through the draft, free agents moving on uh, than we were last offseason, to be honest with you, after going through a full year. Uh, I'm excited for what the NFL is going to look like. There's a lot of teams that have an, uh, an opportunity to win big. Tom Brady's in a new home. Drew Brees' last run. Kansas City Chiefs run it back. That the AFC division's wide open. Where you know, where's Lamar Jackson going to be at with the Ravens? Can Baker Mayfield do enough with the Cleveland Browns? Can he just not suck for a year? You know, what's Joe Burrow look like? How are the Steelers with Big Ben coming back? Like the, and I feel like the NFL is in a way wide open 
with a lot of question marks that we're soon going to get the answers to. And that's what I'm most excited for to talk about and watch. Uh, and getting to do it with you guys makes it even better. So thank you. Absolutely. All right, Tacos. You guys have a good week. We'll talk to you guys in a few days. And tonight we've been talking football.